Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, I've always been very passionate about the environment, even from a very early age. But since becoming a mother, I often feel my brows furrow at the future I'm leaving behind for my two children. Multiple scenarios of which were highlighted in a graphic in the latest report by the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC. The report highlights that the extent to which current and future generations will experience a hotter and different world depends on the choices now and in the near term. Future emission scenarios were drawn up by the IPCC in this latest report, and I can clearly see the impact on my parents' generation, born around the 1950s, my generation of the 1980s, and now the future of my children. All set to suffer from continued rising heat. And as the report highlights, there is a rapidly closing window of opportunity to secure a livable and sustainable future for all. But this isn't new, though. In 2018, the IPCC highlighted the unprecedented scale of the challenge required to keep warming at 1.5 degrees Celsius. Five years later, that challenge has become even greater due to a continued increase in greenhouse gas emissions. The pace and scale of what has been done so far in current plans are insufficient to tackle climate change, according to the report. Widespread and rapid changes in the atmosphere, ocean, cryosphere and biosphere has already occurred. Human-caused climate change is already affecting many weather and climate extremes in every region across the globe. So what can we do? Well, the report says deep, rapid and sustained mitigation and accelerated implementation of adaptation actions in this decade would reduce projected losses and damages for humans and ecosystems. Okay, but what does that mean and what should we do? Well, according to the report, there are multiple feasible and effective options to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and adapt to human-caused climate change, and they're available right now. I'll give you some examples that are highlighted in the report. Reducing the conversion of natural ecosystems, reducing methane in agriculture and on the energy front, investing in resilient power systems while also reducing methane from coal, oil and gas. So while as consumers there are actions we can take in terms of where we put our money and what we buy and how we recycle, what about as investors? And how are investors' attitudes changing towards sustainability? Well, Rebecca has published its annual climate survey, an in-depth study on how investors are approaching the opportunities and risks associated with climate change. The survey covers 300 of the world's largest institutional and wholesale investors across the globe, in Europe, North America, Asia Pacific and South Africa, representing a total of... 27.4 trillion US dollars in assets under management, so no short change there. The Global Climate Survey shows that this year, just slightly more investors have made or are in the process of making a public commitment to net zero by 2050 compared to last year. What kind of difference are we talking about? Well, it's 48% versus 45% last year. 
Lucien Pepelenbos, climate and biodiversity strategist at Rebecco, he said that this year's climate survey also revealed that the energy crisis has reinforced the importance of backing renewables for over half of investors, yet only 30% have accelerated their portfolio decarbonization efforts in light of recent events. In Europe, though it's a different picture, there we see a majority of investors, 63% concerned about can they take enough action on ESG to comply with legal requirements? And uh, are they going fast enough for future legislation on climate change or ESG? Especially in Europe, uh, investors feel, say, the heat from legislation, though we also see that back in Asia with 57%. So all in all, uh, a bit of a split uh, picture on ESG and anti-ESG policies. The energy crisis, of course, that dominated markets um, since early last year. Also here, we see a split view emerging amongst investors. On the one hand, 51% of investors state uh, these recent events uh, in the energy markets, they reinforce our conviction that we should invest in the energy transition. Connected to that, 40% say, Uh, Actually, we're increasing our engagement with oil and gas companies around the energy transition and 30% state we are accelerating our efforts to decarbonize our portfolios. That's on the one hand. And on the other hand, we have 47% of investors stating um, that their exposure to oil and gas has increased due to the high performance of uh, energy stocks. And we have 29% of investors saying this is not the best moment to engage with oil and gas companies. And we have 25% of investors saying actually uh, we have paused or slowed down our efforts to decarbonize portfolios. Quite a split perspective amongst uh, the survey respondents. But that said, though, nearly half of investors have reviewed some of their ESG approaches to avoid short-term underperformance, including unwillingness to miss out on strong returns in the oil and gas sector. In fact, according to the report, 38% of investors in Europe have been allowing higher allocations to oil and gas companies in the short term, rising to 48% in North America and 59% in APAC. This year, I think uh, the legislative agenda in Europe is is very, very busy and it's continuing to unfold. Certain uh, laws that were put in place uh, a couple of years ago are, are more and more kicking in in terms of investors needing to implement it. So, so that's really a rolling agenda. Then, of course, in North America, we have uh, the proposed SEC uh, reg- uh, legislation on disclosures, yeah, which we will see developing this year. And then we also have the ISSB, the International Sustainability Standards Board, will issue their disclosure framework this year. So I think th- that's what uh, lots of investors uh, will be watching for. That was Lucien Papalembos, climate and biodiversity strategist at Rebeco. The report highlights a final notable outcome of the survey, and that is the intensified political pressure investors face, highlighting an important regional divergence as the anti-ESG movement in the U.S. picks up. 
47% of investors in North America are concerned about rising political and legal resistance to their sustainable investment plans versus only 30% in Europe. A majority of European and APAC investors, on the other hand, are more concerned about political pressure for failing to act on ESG and climate compared to a minority in North America that feels the same. So what do you think? What's your perspective on the IPCC report and investing in ESG to tackle climate change? I'm Rachel Kelly and you've been listening to Eco Money on Money FM 89.3.